Are you tired of going and spending so many hours at trade shows, whether being an attendee or a vendor, and just not seeing the results you had hoped? Well, don't worry, because I bring in the doctor, the trade show doctor. Enjoy. Here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. I have Diane on from the Trade Show Doctor. Do you mind introducing yourself? Uh, certainly. Yep, yeah. Diane Winkerter, the Trade Show Doctor, and I have authored a book called Trade Shows, Expos, and More. So it's jam-packed with uh, about 130 pages of what to do, what not to do, an entire process of how to prepare, plan, execute, follow through, and analyze all of your e efforts from face-to-face -face events. And I love that. And what I love about your kind of approach is taking a almost prescribed approach to success. And most people just, instead of recommendations, it's a proven way to get a better return on your investment through going, you know, expos and, and getting people to come to your booth. And as someone who's been to a lot of trade shows, I've been to Vegas, I've been to Boston, I've been to other trade shows across the country. I can only imagine how difficult that is sometimes because it, it can be kind of awkward. You're not always talking to the owner. You're talking to maybe some sales professionals. Um, but kind of walk me through what you find um, people are, are doing correctly or maybe not doing correctly uh, when they do get to, you know, be on the show floor. Because some of them take, some of them have, have wait lists that are years long. And then when they get to that moment where they're, they're ready to go, how do, how do they kind of approach that in a, you know, beneficial way for their business? Well, the, the most important thing first is to select the right show. Mm -hmm. So to absolutely do your homework and determine who is the audience that's going to be walking up and down the aisle. Mm. So if that is not one of your current, you know, avatars, one of your current target audiences or an audience that you want to move into, I mean, there's nothing wrong with expanding your business and uh, approaching a different audience. But if it's not one of those two, then you really have no business being there in the first place because it's not going to be fruitful. You know, if you're talking to people about a product or service they have no interest in or that you can't solve any problem that they're having, you, you kind of shot yourself in the foot. But we'll uh, imagine that that is not, you know, the situation that you have done your homework and you're there, you have done your due diligence and you're there for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. So the, the number one thing is engagement. And that seems to be, you know, commonplace now virtually, you know, on all of our platforms, um, as well as, you know, just blogging and posting and everything. It's getting people's attention, being part of that conversation and being engaging. So when I see companies exhibit at face-to-face -face events, whether it's a conference, a you know, trade show, um, although those terms are used a little bit interchangeably, sure. you know, the, the engagement is the important part. So unfortunately, I see professionals that are on their phone, they're on their cell phone, they're on their mm -hmm. laptop, they're on their iPad, they're eating, they're doing all of these activities that say, you attendee are not as important to me as the person I'm on this phone with. Mm -hmm. And it just is very ironic because you paid money, as you said, even possibly were on a waiting list to have an opportunity to be in front of this audience. So, you know, why there's that disconnect at the time that something else is more important. I find that to be uh, rather frustrating um, as someone that's in the industry, because in turn, what happens is the person goes back to their corporate office and says, face-to-face uh, -face events don't work. Right. And it's like, no, they work. You just don't know how to work the face-to-face -face event. So right. they're not going to go back to the owner of the 
corporation and then say, you know, why did you only get, you know, 44 leads instead of, you know, 177 that you should have gotten? Oh, well, the crowd wasn't engaging or uh, they're going to blame it on the audience instead right. of taking ownership and saying, well, you know what? I think I was on my phone probably 40% of the time. <laughs> so there's a lot of self-sabotage that occurs. So again, in my, in my book, I, I string all that out. I show people examples of, you know, of the best behavior to have mm -hmm. at the event so that people do want to come into your booth and have a conversation, have a good time, have mm. some laughs. I mean, yeah. you want to be that booth, like there's a little buzz of activity, like what's going on over there? Like people want to make a I note about it want. in their, in their book. Yeah. Pe people are like, I want to be over there. You know, we, yes. we got to go over there. Um, I know that some booths that I go to to get more people in is they have celebrity appearances, they have cornhole, they have giveaways, they have all of that stuff. Um, and I wish more people would do something of the sort of that. And, you know, even just to get like, an, you know, a lead for your email or join our email campaign or something like yes. that. But I wish more people would do that because that opens up the gate so much more. Because for me is when I go into a show and I see someone kind of, you know, being aggressive in terms of their sales, it's just you know, it's almost like they're trying to like lock you in and pull you in with, Hey, you know, can I show you something? Can I show you something? And it's not, you know, it's not really relatable. And, and it's something where I'm like, if I saw a wheel, you know, maybe it's just me, but if I saw a wheel or something that I was like, wow, that, that booth is getting a lot of attention. You know, what are they doing? I would be so much more excited to go there and I'll put a little note in. Do you have anything, any recommendations on whether it's anything that's too showy or something that's just enough, too many distractions, something that maybe people overdo too much, overdo a performance or, or, I mean, maybe it's better to do that yeah, than have nothing. Yeah. There, there are certain booths and again, different shows have different uh, requirements. I mean, some say you cannot step out of your 10 by 10, you know, line, you cannot go over the line at all. Um, you know, I encourage my clients to be out in front and not necessarily in the aisle, but you know, mm. you, you don't have that table at the front of your booth because that creates a barrier between you and the audience. And it's, it's putting up a wall, literally mm -hmm. and figuratively. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I always reposition that table so it's further back in the booth and you need mm -hmm. a table for a whole laundry list of reasons. Right. But, um, you know, you wanna be at the front of the booth so that you're in, interactive with people, can make eye contact and smiling and so forth. So, yeah, the ones that are, you know, out there, like you said, almost shoving a product in your face, try this, the try worst. this, can I put this cream on your hand, da, 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 da. that tends to put people off. You know, that's a little bit too aggressive. And you have to think about how would you, how do you want to be treated? Mm -hmm. You know, when, when you attend an event, you know, you just want somebody that's friendly, has a smile on their face, engaging, you know, certainly may compliment something that you're wearing or, you know, your shirt. Uh, for guys, it's great. A lot of them have on baseball caps at events. I mean, depending on the event, of course, mm -hmm. um, you know, so you can comment on, you know, what's on their hat uh, or in a professional, more professional environment, sometimes their tie. I mean, there's something that you can comment even about a male and what they're wearing versus women. We have a lot mm -hmm. more we can talk about people's mm -hmm. hats, yes. you know, scarves, shoes. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to create, you know, that initial conversation with someone. But, um, you know, just draw them in just as you would at, uh, you know, a, any face-to-face -face networking event. Try to make a connection with people and that's what will get them to stop in. You're right. If you have a wheel or something that's a little less uh, aggressive, that is good. But again, the, the activity needs to mirror your audience. Mm -hmm. Do most trade so, shows, or maybe it depends on the place that it's, it's hosted, do they yeah. have any restrictions or that you're finding on terms of wheels or 
you know, some boost or will spray mist if, if their product has that or something like that. Is there a lot of approval that needs to go into that or is there certain size issues or anything that people that, you know, like they, they bring in certain products that they want to show off or just some fun things that they want to bring into their booth that just gets people in? Do you find that there's sometimes, again, nothing hazardous or, or um, you know, tripping hazard or anything like that, but anything that you find that um, most expos are pretty okay with people again, having a wheel that either stands up or, you know, is there anything that needs to be written off or approved before vendors bring that stuff in? Uh, what I'll say is read the fine print. As mm -hmm. always, most people don't read the exhibitor contract when they sign off on it. You know, they mm -hmm. fill out the pertinency, get that credit card info on there and they They're just excited. find the bottom line. Yep. They don't read page two, three and four of all of the details. Mm. So if any restrictions, have to be in that document. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things I do for my client. I'm like, show me the exhibitor contract. Oh, I'll breeze through it for you. I know what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, the most common one is uh, music. Oh, okay. So the, the show promoter does not want you playing music in your booth. And, you know, I agree with that to some extent because it's distracting. Mm -hmm. Plus then you find your own self trying to talk over your own music. Right, right. So it becomes detrimental. Mm. So um, I do encourage a lot of companies, especially in the home improvement area, construction area, to have a video mm -hmm. of either before and afters, or what's more interesting is the process. Mm. So if they have a video looping of an mm -hmm. actual process where you're looking at this basement that, you know, is covered with mold, let's say, and you can do a fast forward process of how that evolved to the new outcome. Okay. You know, you're showing the solution that you offer to, you know, let's say a homeowner in that case. And it's an interesting way to capture people's attention. And if you do have verbiage on that, I always suggest you do it uh, closed captioned. Mm -hmm. So the words are going across the bottom, but again, mm -hmm. you're not speaking over yourself because that's mm -hmm. a distraction. If you are interacting with someone. I mean, imagine right. if you, know, you and I were talking right now and I had something in the background of me talking as well. You'd be mm -hmm. like, ah, right, what right. focus on? Right. So the audio is, is an important part of, uh, you know, it, and most exhibitor contracts will have something in there to that level where they either prohibit it or they tell you it has to be a certain, you know, audio level oh, so that it's not distracting to your exhibitors that are your neighbors on either side. Right, right. I, I, I can see that. Yeah. Um, and is there a, when, when they're choosing a, um, a booth or maybe, maybe it's selected for them, um, maybe you can kind of go into that. How does that process work if someone I want, I want a spot? Do they just kind of get one assigned to them and how do they kind of make sure that they're not next to a competitor or maybe does that happen a lot where there's, there's that issue where the people request to change spots before the expo starts? Yeah, typically the exhibitor or the show promoter is going to give you three choices. Okay. Give me choice one, two, three. Mm -hmm. Some show promoters have their floor plan on the website and mm -hmm. they'll show you what's available and what's not available. Mm -hmm. And they may show you who is already hovering. You know, if you hover mm -hmm. over that booth space, it'll right. show you who has it. All of that is great intel. So if that's available, you know, I certainly go into that uh, level of research with my client to make sure that we are, you know, in a good position and we're not next to, you know, a competitor and a whole line of people that all do the same thing. So um, actually, I have a few different scenarios in my book about that, mm -hmm. but let me see if I can. So, you know, I'll, I'll have different scenarios in here. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yep. Arrows. 
<clears throat> like there's red errors and so forth. Mm -hmm. So human nature is when you enter a, a show floor, mm -hmm. you're going to go to the right and you're going to go down the aisle on the right hand side. It's just like how we're trained at the mm -hmm. grocery store. Right. You know, you stay to the right and then obviously your eye looks to the right. Mm -hmm. So if you have your um, own you know, opportunity to pick your booth, I do that. I take a pen and I draw the typical path that an attendee is going to take during the show so that we pick a booth that's on the right-hand side of the aisle, you know, in the, on the right-hand side, mm. because it makes a huge difference. If you're on the other side, then you're expecting the attendee to almost like go against the crowd or reach over people to get to you. It's, it's more difficult. Yeah. So you want to be mindful of that. And there's different scenarios on how a show floor is set up. Um, mm -hmm. But again, you, you do want to be very selective. And a couple of things I encourage my clients to stay away from are a stage. Mm -hmm. And that almost goes against some mindset like, oh, I want to be near the stage because people are going to congregate and flock that area to that area. And yes, mm -hmm. they do, but that's their intention. They're going to the speaker. They're not coming to see the booths that are adjacent to the speaker, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. So right. you almost get lost in the shuffle because their focus is on that keynote or that presentation. And then mm -hmm. again, during the presentation, you have that issue of sound and noise. Mm -hmm. so the person has a speaker, a headset, and they're projecting, and it's not in a separate room, you know, it's just part of the showroom floor. Then again, what I spoke to earlier, you're trying to talk over someone else. Mm -hmm. So I don't have my clients position themselves near a main stage for that reason. Um, right. Also being near the restrooms, mm -hmm. uh, again, is a pro and a con. And the, the main reason is, is people will be passing your booth. You may, may be trying to stop and engage them. I'm like, no, 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 I'm just running to the restroom. Right. I'm just on my way to the restroom. I'll catch you on my way out. And do they come to you on the way out? No. Mm -hmm. So you're giving them an excuse. Right. You're giving them a perfect excuse of why they cannot stop at your booth at this time mm -hmm. because they're on their way to the restroom. So we avoid restrooms <laughs> Yes. and we avoid stages um, just because you're, again, you're giving people a, a, a great excuse on mm -hmm. why not to, to stop. And what about them. entrances to the, the, the ballroom or, or, or into the room? Like I remember when I first walk in, there's usually someone right in front of me or on the walls when I come in. Do you recommend, I mean, right in the front or avoid those when you first walk in too. Cause I know when I, when I walk in personally, those are the first ones that I go to. Then you got to remember is don't spend too much time at those. Cause then you get, you know, excited about whatever their, their services or product is. Do you same thing kind of applies maybe for entrances? I know there's separate ballrooms, you know, potentially people are going in and out of more foot traffic potentially to you. Would you recommend there, those? There is some potential for, so if, if your goal is uh, impressions, you know, people mm -hmm. seeing your logo, Mm -hmm. I agree. You, you can be near the front. If your mm -hmm. intention is engagement, it, it's not the best placement. So what mm -hmm. happens when people walk into a room, some people are fine with that, that are avid expoers right. mm -hmm. and other people literally are intimidated. So they walk into the room and there's noise and there's lights and there's activity and it's a bit overwhelming for them. So they need a little time actually to get their bearings. Mm -hmm. So the first few booths, they don't even comprehend what is going on right. because their, you know, internal body is trying to take all of this stimuli at one time. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, they may see your logo, but to expect them to actually stop 
and engage with you uh, is that that's a big hurdle to overcome. So I typically, again, do not put my right. client right in booth one, two, or three, 101, 102, 103, you know, all those in that first row. Um, because of that, it, it takes a minute for people to adapt to their surroundings and get comfortable with what is occurring. So right. you know, typically at the onset, the show promoter is up there and, you know, they have the people that are passing out a program, possibly, you know, a goodie bag to uh, put all of your marketing materials and goodies and Chotsky that you gain into. And that's fine. You know, that that's, that's a good, a little bit of a warm introduction that gives you that time to get familiar with the space before you hit the first booth. So. Right, right. And yeah. I found that when I go into the first booth, I, you know, then, cause you're, you're there and they give you a bag is you, grab, uh, you know, magnets, you grab their brochure, you start grabbing everything that they give you in the first two booths. And you're like, oh, this is great. And then you're going down, you're like, I don't need all this stuff, you know, and that that might be the only positive is that, oh, take our brochure, take our this, take our this. And you're like, well, I've, I've got plenty of space. Sure, sure. And you're just kind of walking through. And then I realized that I'm like, wait, what is what is all this information? I, I don't I don't need this. And then which kind of brings me to is there a certain you don't want information overload. I mean, now we have websites and now we say, you know, check us out online or follow us on social media, but is there kind of, what do you recommend as kind of a great or the best, you know, here's a brochure and here's my card. Is it a, a, cause some people pack in a folder. I know it depends on the industry you're in and how much information you have to provide, but how much of that can just be digitalized, say, check out on the website versus um, here's my brochure and a business card. And maybe here's a, you know, a pen that we, you know, that our branded pen, is that something that people are going towards more and then just digitalized kind of information and maybe more swag items? Yeah, the, the bulk of the information you want to give can be given at a later date. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so what I tell people is if you're giving out something, it has to be a call to action. Mm. It's like, what is the next step that you want them to take? Mm -hmm. That should be what your handout is. Right. So whether it's a coupon uh, you know, a, a, some kind of an offer, uh, an upcoming presentation, mm -hmm. you know, real estate professionals can promote an open house. I mean, that's yeah. just a one pager. You know, this is the next time you can meet me, see me, engage with me is at this mm -hmm. open house. Or again, if they're offering any kind of workshops on downsizing or first time home buyers, anything like that. So it needs to have a purpose and not just language because you'll get to that in the sales process when you get them in the funnel. So your mm -hmm. job at the expo is to get their contact information and to start that conversation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, unless you're selling a product, you know, um, candles or food or something, the sale typically isn't consummated at the expo. You know, this is just part of your sales funnel to get people interested mm -hmm. in the product or the service that you offer. So mm -hmm. whatever you give out should have a call to action and tell the attendee what the next step is. You have to basically hit them between the eyeballs and say, this is what I want you to do next. Right. So that's right. what that page should that, have. That's a good um, point. Yeah. yeah. Because most people are just, and, and just kind of provide people with just, here you go. And just, you know, here's, you know, we're, we are all out of our marketing material. We must've done a good job, but how much of that was people who, again, just came in because you're with one or two and just said is, Oh, I guess I'll, okay. I'll take almost like a conveyor belt or you're at a, yeah. uh, you know, at a, a food shop or something and you're, you know, okay, I'll take this. All right. I'll take this, you know, and it's just, it, then it just gets stuck in the back or, you know, the worst is if you're ever seeing someone throw out something, you just, you know, you got from them, that would be, you know, the worst. Um, I, you know, and, and a lot of people do throw away a lot of things or, or, I mean, I still have things from, from trade shows I've been to. Um, the biggest thing that I find is 
the best is just that that magical handbook of just everyone, you know, the, uh, a list and a map of everyone and where they are um, and just kind of a readout of, of those. Um, and then just a business card and, get, and grabbing their information. And if they have any giveaways, I love those. Um, and I'm really missing expos. I'm really missing them where they are, you know, and, and going to are them. You, are you getting low people. on pens? <laughs> yes. Yep. You know, and uh, I, I, I miss the conversations because there's yeah. so much more valuable than, than kind of where we are right now. So um, I, I think, I think it's just a, a great conversation starter to have with someone like yourself. And I know that you have, is it a, a book or, or two that you have out right now? Uh, yeah, the, the book is the, the how to, what to, what not to do, all of those things. And then this is another tool I suggest people have, you know, you need some how to record the business cards that you do collect. So if mm -hmm. you're the exhibitor and you are collecting business cards, you know, once the event is over, you know, may have the fishbowl, whatever, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but once it's over, you need to transfer that into uh, some type of a book that you can record each person that you spoke with and maybe a comment or two about them. So that actually brings me to, to giveaways uh, or I'm sorry, um, like drawings and things mm -hmm. like that. So if you have a drawing, you definitely want to have a small entry blank and not ask everybody, you know, everything, including their blood type. I mean, you need to keep that short and sweet with maybe yep. just a couple questions on it where they can check the box the easier it is for them. But the other reason that you need that is to take notes. Mm. So once you wrap up that conversation and they drop that in the, the fishbowl, well, I encourage my clients to pull it back out as soon as they walk away and jot down a couple things. Mm -hmm. Did you talk about you both graduated from the same college? Did you comment, you know, on going to, you know, that their favorite place is Hawaii? I mean, what was that connection that you had with that person, your talking mm -hmm. point besides business? Mm. And you just jot that down on that, um, that entry slip. And later on, when you do follow up, you have something memorable to jar their memory on the conversation. You know, not yeah. only are you as the exhibitor having hundreds of conversations, but so is the attendee. Right. So you need to recall their, you know, spark their memory on what you spoke about. And it is definitely a way to separate yourself from everyone else. I mean, when you get them on the phone and have that, you know, hey, I remember talking about, you know, our kids both play soccer or whatever. I mean, they are floored, right? Yeah. yeah. You recall that. How did you remember that? Well, you don't tell them that you wrote it down. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, you know, it's a, a way to record that information. But I, I found this tool to be very helpful. There's a, a clear sleeve on the one side, you insert business cards, and it gives you a chance to write about them on the other side. You know, some business that. cards are, you know, black background or they're so glossy and slick mm -hmm. that you can't even write on them. So you need yeah. another way to record some notes about that. That is person. so true because I, I have glossy ones. I've had glossy ones. I've had matte ones and some are really good and some are not. And then it, the matte ones I found is if you don't let it dry, it's almost like getting your fingers painted. If you don't let them dry, it just is like, um, what is that guy? It was the owner. Was he CEO? Was he, what was his number again? And then it's just like 5085. I you know, I can't read. I guess I'll just connect with him on LinkedIn. And then the guy ends up finally saying is, oh, I barely use LinkedIn, you know? And, and then you have, you know, the conversations yeah. kind of, you know, you're playing catch up, uh, not being kind of as beneficial, I guess, as you like, but um, do you work with more companies in, uh, in your, in your state in, in Ohio, or is it, uh, over state lines or uh, national? Yeah, I've worked uh, expos all across the United States. I used to go to Vegas all the time. Uh, I was there about every six months, but uh, I, I don't go there as frequently as I used to, but mostly in the Midwest, uh, yeah. you know, within driving distance, Michigan. What was your favorite? Um, what was my favorite, favorite? Um, uh, trade show for Vegas? Did you have a favorite that you liked? Uh, the time? Magic Show. 
magic show. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was apparel and footwear. Oh, so wow. was the was the was the theme of that. So that That's was always cool. my my favorite when I was in that industry myself. When I had yeah. retail clothing stores, was it? I originally um, went out there to buy for my stores, oh. and then I ended up manufacturing as well. So oh, cool. besides doing retail, I was a wholesaler. So then I was going back to actually sell my line of clothes to other stores. So had a long history of going to that event every six months for years. Yeah, that's awesome. I love shows out there. They're, yeah. they're really fun. Um, and then it's like you can go to a, a restaurant inside of the um, inside of whatever hotel you're in. And then you can yeah. just you can spend the whole entire day in there and you never know. It, 24 hours could pass and you're like, I'm still inside. <laughs> yeah, um, that's awesome. Well, I'm happy to have you on today. And I, I've personally I learned a lot. I didn't realize that uh, I knew there was a lot of work that went behind it. But I only had my view of being the person just walking through and kind of going through the motions and not knowing um, the plan behind it and you know what what a lot of other professionals have to do whether you're the owner whether you're the sales whether you're the VP um, and I think that just is really helpful for me so I, I appreciate you bringing in all that information and I, uh, I I appreciate you being on today hey, well thank you for having me and uh, any final tips or recommendations that maybe someone who I've never um, you know, been uh, at a trade show and really had a booth. It might be something in the future that I'm thinking about. Um, any tips or, I know you covered a lot. So uh, any other final tips, you know, for maybe someone who's looking to get into it and, and get into a booth after uh, after COVID passes? Yeah, certainly. Like I said, the, the biggest thing is at, this, is at the onset. Mm. So I really encourage you to research the show, you know, pull back the curtain, pull back the mm -hmm. Wizard of Oz, find out who's really behind the show know how much experience they have and the other term I came up with is called, is called the trade show triangle okay so there's three components to the show mm -hmm. there's the show promoter mm -hmm. there's the attendee and there's the exhibitor mm. so doing your due diligence and your research you can determine if all three sides of that invisible triangle are equal mm. or if everything's pointing to the favor of the show promoter Mm, that's so if point. everything is all really about lining the show mm -hmm. promoters almighty pocket, and I'm a show promoter as well, mm -hmm. um, you know, you want to think twice about those events mm -hmm. because they're not there for the best interest and the best experience of the attendee and the exhibitor. And that's what the show is about. You know, it's yeah. about bringing the attendee and the exhibitor together in a, um, you know, in a safe and fun environment. That's the show promoter's job, mm -hmm. you know, not to have everything benefit them financially. So, you know, be, I would say be cautious, just like you would in any, anything, right. you know, if you're going to hire a, an accountant, you know, I would hope you would research and interview a few of them mm -hmm. before determining who you're going to trust your finances to, yeah. um, you know, and, and give access to that part of your business. So do the same thing when you're approaching an event. Um, I actually have a, a questionnaire I put a show promoter through uh, and uh, we get that data and information beforehand and then I advise my client on whether I think they should write a check or give their credit card number or not. And we're basing it on analytics on data, not just quote unquote hunch um, because right. you can like a person and you right. know, maybe that's not really the best show for you. So we, we do a lot of homework ahead of time to make sure that you are in the proper environment and in the right place at the right time because that's what marketing is, is right. having your product in front of the right consumer at the right time. So. Well, that's awesome. Well, if I'm looking at a place or a booth or something like that, I'll, I'll reach out to you first just to maybe pick your brain on it. But um, 
Beautiful. I'm, uh, I'm really excited we had this conversation. So again, thank you for uh, coming on. And what's the best way for someone to reach out to you? They can contact me through my website. That is perfectly fine. And it's the, T-H-E, tradeshowdr.com. So the word doctor is not spelled out. It's the tradeshowdr.com. Awesome. And they can get their, your book through there? Yep. The book is available on there. My phone number is on there. All my contact information. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you being on today. And uh, I look forward to chatting with you in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you.